Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. I want to take a minute to pause and just say once again, Happy Mother's Day. There's no doubt that um, being a mom is probably the toughest job that you will ever have, and most of you would probably admit you love almost almost every minute of it, right? Um, and we're just glad that you're here. It reminded me of a story that I read recently. It was about a husband who was feeling guilty that he hadn't given his wife uh, as much attention as he should be doing. And so he decided, you know what, I'm going to change. I'm going to do some different things. I'm going to change. I'm going to do better. And so uh, coming home from work, he decided to stop and get her a box of candy and some flowers. And, and so he, he, he gets all that and he gets home. And instead of just going in, he rings the doorbell and she answers the door. And there he is standing with candy in one hand and flowers in the other hand. And uh, at that moment, he begins speak, or singing to her how much he loved her. He's singing it. And she immediately breaks down like, she starts crying, big, big tears, and, and she says, today, Jimmy has just been so terrible. The kids are acting crazy. We had a leak in the plumbing. The house is a wreck, and now you come home drunk. <laughs> come on, you can laugh. It's all right. I know we in church, but anyway, happy Mother's Day to you. Amen. If you got a mom nearby, come on, tell them happy Mother's Day. Go ahead and tell them that. I'm excited to share with you today part two of Exhausted, and last week you could hear a pin drop in all three services, and I realized when church was over how tired we all must be, um, and, and, and so much feedback from last week's sermon, I, I think it just spoke to where we are living as a society. We're, we're trying to live at a pace that many of us were not able to keep up, and we are exhausted. And the thing that we have to understand about exhaustion is that it, it's not a schedule problem, it's a spiritual problem. And we, we always want to talk about schedule, you know, what I've got to do, the to-do list, and my work hours, and my, my marriage, and my kids, and my kids' ball games, and my, my kids', you know, programs that they got to be at. And, and we make it a schedule problem, but when God looks at exhaustion, He looks at it as a spiritual problem that we need to address and last week, we looked at some myths. We, we looked at the myth of many times we think that the more stuff I have, the happier I'll be. How many know that's just a myth? Some of us think that if I don't, it won't. In other words, we think that if, if we don't produce, if we don't be everything that we are all the time, 24-7, then things won't work out. And we learned that that is also a myth, that those ideas that we have bought into is what leads us to a place of exhaustion. And with exhaustion comes burnout and, and marriage problems and financial problems and all kinds of problems. When we're exhausted, we're just not functioning at the level God has called us to function at. So if it's a spiritual problem, then we need a spiritual solution. And so I want to talk to you today about this subject, God's solution for exhaustion. Not your solution, but God's solution for exhaustion. 
One of the first spiritual principles God gives us in the scriptures was the pattern for rest that we call Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. And this word is introduced the first time in the Old Testament, but there are a lot of misconceptions about this word, about what it means to take a Sabbath. So what I hope to do today is to really give you a clear definition of what this principle looks like and how the Sabbath can help our spiritual life because here's what we have to understand. God has the abundant life prepared for you. Like he has a, a, a life of abundance, a life of rest, a life of fulfillment. But in the society in which we live, many of us are too exhausted to even recognize the life God has designed for us. And so what we have to do is we have to move away from that and start moving towards what God has called us to. And, and, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer. God's solution for exhaustion is Sabbath. All right, one more time. Everybody say Sabbath. Okay, first thing we got to do is define Sabbath. What is Sabbath? In its simplest definition, Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work. Three things happen. We stop work, okay? We find enjoyment or we enjoy rest. And thirdly, we connect with God. We have to stop working, we have to enjoy rest, and we have to connect with God. That is what a Sabbath is. Look at Exodus 20, verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. So Sabbath is a time that you and I stop we recognize God's goodness in our life, and we reflect on the fact that God is our provider, that God is our source. We stop all the striving for one day, and we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. And, and it's, it's a very powerful thing to grab hold of, yet many of us do not acknowledge it. We don't pay it any attention. We, we don't find rest for our souls. And, and it's very clear in Scripture that every once in a while, you need to stop all the striving and recognize God as your source and God as your rest. Now, as soon as I said Sabbath, as soon as I said God's solution for exhaustion is Sabbath, many of you began to think that is Old Testament law. Like, what are we doing, Pastor? Are we going we going we going to institute a law? No. What we have to understand about Sabbath, three things real quick, all right? Not on the screen, but I want you to get this. When it comes to Sabbath, we see it before the law. Okay? Everybody say before the law. Before the law was given, God introduced the principle of Sabbath, okay? God created for six days, and on the seventh day, God rested. Now, let me ask you guys something. Was God tired? Absolutely not. God don't get tired, all right? He's not worn out. God has never been exhausted. So why would he work six days 
and then take one day to rest. God was trying to set in motion a model, a principle that you and I would follow. That one day, one day out of each week, we would stop all the striving, stop what we're doing, enjoy some rest, and connect with God. God was modeling that for us. We also see Sabbath in the law. The fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath, to, to keep one day holy that you, we work for six days and one day we rest and then we see Sabbath after the law. Jesus applied this principle to his life. Look at Mark 2.27. It says, then he, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. All right, so when we read Genesis and we see God working six days, and resting one, we need to know God did that. He, he gave us Sabbath for us, all right? Now, if God gave us something that's for us, how many of you think we might want to pay attention to that, right? Like, we need to stop and recognize that God gave us the Sabbath. And God, God knew that you and I had the propensity to wear ourselves out, all right, to be exhausted. And so he set something in motion to keep that from happening. Now, the other thing about Sabbath, and I'm not here to argue with people, and we can't argue anyway, I'm holding the mic, all right? Um, but Sabbath, Sabbath is not a specific day, I'm going to let that sink in because I've been in rooms before where people are fighting over which, which day is the Sabbath. Like, which day is the Sabbath? It's not a specific day, all right? It's a spiritual principle because when you turn over to the New Testament, you find out Jesus has become our Sabbath. We find rest in the presence of Jesus. We find peace in the presence of Jesus. When we are sitting within God's presence, we are sitting in the presence of peace, that Jesus has now become our Sabbath. It was Jesus who said that if you are tired, if you are worn out, if you're exhausted, what did Jesus say? He said, bring it to me and I'll give you rest. So Jesus is the Sabbath, but what we also need to know, there is a principle of stopping our work, enjoying some rest, and also connecting with God. So it's not a specific day, it's a principle. So what happens when I honor that principle, when I stop working, enjoy some rest, and connect with God? Number one, when I Sabbath, eternity is front and center. Now, I want to explain what I mean by that. What do I mean by eternity is front and center? Have you guys ever thought about what heaven will be like? I'm the only one, right? Do you ever just stop and think, like, you know, I, I've had people ask me before, what are we doing up there? My kids are like, are we playing football, Dad? What are we doing up there? One thing I do know about heaven is that it will be a time of rest. How many know you're not going to strive in heaven? There's not going to be any working in heaven. There's not going to be any, any doing in heaven. Scripture says that when we get to heaven, there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more striving. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited that Jesus is coming back for his church, and he has prepared a place for us where there's no more work, striving, tears, sorrow, any of those things. But here's the thing we need to pause and consider. If I can't enjoy rest on the earth in a relationship with Christ, then what makes me think I can handle rest in eternity? Every time I stop and I cease from working, enjoy rest, 
and connect with God, I'm reminding myself of what eternity will be like. That there will be no more striving, no more working, no more of uh, those things. So when I Sabbath, I keep eternity front and center. The second thing that happens when I honor this principle is when I Sabbath, more gets done in less time. Now this is powerful because scripture is so countercultural. I mean, think about some of the scriptures that, that we, we get from the Bible like that, that, that goes against the way the world goes. I mean, it doesn't make sense to love your enemies, does it? It doesn't make sense to bless people that would despitefully use you. It doesn't make sense that the greatest leaders have to be the greatest servants. I mean, it's just completely upside down from what we think. And the same is true with Sabbath. I mean, how is more work going to get done, pastor, if I'm not out there making it happen, right? How is that going to happen? Well, it's, it's pretty similar to tithing. I don't understand how when I bring the first 10% to God that he causes my 90% to go further than my 100% because 90% with his blessing is better than 100% without his blessing. The same works as it relates to your work schedule and your to-do list that more gets done in less time. If I will trust God with one day a week and say I'm going to cease from working and striving, I'm going to rest, I'm going to enjoy life, I'm going to connect with God that more work will get done in less time. I don't know about you, but I like that deal. Her pastor, a pastor, he was, he was talking about how his, his work week was, was getting out of, out of control. And so, and, and one of the reasons it was getting out of control was because when he would come to work in the morning, when he would come to the office, he would, he would have the mentality of, I'm going to stay here until it all gets done. Now, how many know if you show up to work every day with a mindset that says, I'm staying until it all gets done, you're probably not ever leaving. So he said, I would end up working all these long, crazy hours because I had made up my mind that I was going to stay until it got done. He said, until God began to deal with me about rest and about balance. And he said, and so every day now, I've made up my mind at four o'clock, I don't care where I'm at, I'm leaving. And he said in from, from 8 to 4, he became more productive from 8 to 4 than he was from 8 to 8 at night. And part of the reason is, for you workaholics, some of you all, you work so long, and if you're there 12, 14 hours, how many know if you're there that long, you're going to waste some time? But if you, you set a limit to, you know, at this time I'm leaving, what will that do? It will cause the rest of your day to be productive up to that marker. And so there are some things, we'll get into that in just a second, but it's interesting to me that God gives us specific instructions as it relates to two things that we hold valuable, time and money. Time and money. I don't know that we hold anything more valuable than those two things, and God says, I want you to give me one day. And I want you to give me the tithe. That in these two areas, God says, I want you to trust me and see what I can do when you trust me. Here's the deal. When we refuse, listen, listen to this. When we refuse to tithe, okay, we're saying, God, I don't trust you with my money. When we refuse to Sabbath, we're, we're also saying the same thing. God, we don't trust that everything will get done. We don't trust that you are our provider. So th number three, when I Sabbath, when I Sabbath, my identity is not what I do. 
So many, and, and guys are guilty of this more than the women. We find our identity in what we do. And so when we're doing, we feel good about ourselves. When we're doing and achieving, we feel successful. But Sabbath helps me to realize my identity is not in my accomplishments, my achievements, and the things that I do. My identity is found in who I know. And a great way of looking at this is looking at Deuteronomy 5, verse 15. God says, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God, he brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The key word of that scripture is the word remember. God said, I want you to remember you guys used to be slaves. I brought you out with my mighty hand, so I want you to take a day and acknowledge me. Now, this is, this is important because when they were slaves for those 400 years, they worked, get this, they worked seven days a week, 365 days a year. They never had a day off. There was no rest. They never, they never stopped from their work. And God delivered them out of the oppression of Pharaoh, and then God gave them a new identity. And what God did was this. He said, no longer will your worth be attached to what you do and accomplish. Your worth will now be attached to who you know. And it was so powerful that other nations feared Israel, not because of what Israel had accomplished, but other nations feared Israel because Israel knew God. That their relationship with God started to identify who they were. Even the Jewish people, Sabbath is a tangible reminder that they have been delivered by God. And God loves them simply for who they are. To refuse to Sabbath, when we refuse to take a day off, when we refuse to cease work and enjoy rest and connect with God, we are choosing to be slaves again. We are choosing to go back to Egypt. We are choosing a life of exhaustion. See how quiet it is in this church? Because I'm looking at a bunch of tired people. Worn out, burning the candle at both ends, never resting. If we're not working at work, we got work at home. We're constantly trying to make things happen. And, and if you are that person, if you are a person that just can't stop and let it go, you've probably started to attach work to your identity. You're attaching what you do to who you are. And I want you to consider some of these things. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some sentences, and, and I just want you to, you don't say anything, just, just think about them. Do you take work with you to bed? Do you work on your days off? Do you work while on vacation? Is work the activity you like to do best and you talk about the most? Do you work more? than what's required? Do you get impatient with people who have other lives outside of work? Have your long hours affected your relationships? If you answered yes to even a few of those, that's a good indicator that you're moving back towards Egypt, back towards bondage. You're moving towards exhaustion. I want you to understand something today. You don't enter heaven by resume. You enter heaven by relationship with Jesus. 
you're not going to present a resume to Jesus. It doesn't matter how much you accomplish. It doesn't matter how successful you are. We don't enter by resume. We enter by relationship. And culture will shackle us in chains, saying that our value is in what we achieve. But in Sabbath, we need to know when we stop and rest, what we are doing, we are gaining God's approval. That we are loved by God for who we are. So when I Sabbath, I'm keeping eternity in mind. When I Sabbath, more gets done in less time. When I Sabbath, my identity is not in what I do. And number four, when I Sabbath, I avoid the consequences. Every commandment God gave came, what, what we have to know about those, those commandments is if we break them, there's consequences. Everybody understand that? Like when we break, the, we can look at the Ten Commandments and think, why did God give us those rules? Well, you need to know those, that's not really rules as much as it is boundaries to protect you. That when you don't rest, there's going to be consequences. When you commit adultery, there's going to be consequences. Hello? So God gave it to protect us. It's, it's not like I'm going to keep my kids from stuff. God was saying that there's consequences to these actions, and there's also consequences to exhaustion, to not taking time to rest and to connect with God. It reminded me of uh, a friend of mine who, a few years ago in ministry, he was placed in the hospital in his mid-30s. And he got there, and he was hooked up to... I mean, monitors and hose. I mean, he, he had everything flat on his back, and they had him hooked up to everything. And everybody started thinking, man, this is worst case. Like, he's had a heart attack. He's got a disease. Uh, it's cancer. I mean, everybody's thinking the worst things possible. A little while later, the doctor comes in. They've ran every test, and he's laying flat on his back, weak and feeble. And the doctor comes in and, and says, it's not cancer. It's not a heart attack. He said to him very clearly, he said, you are exhausted. He said, you have been going too hard for too long, and your body is now shutting down. In his mid-30s, he spent an entire week in the hospital, and, and it was for exhaustion, and when he was discharged, the doctor told him this. He said, get your life under control, because if you don't, your family will be putting you in the ground. Everybody say exhaustion. You can only go at that pace for so long. If we refuse to Sabbath sooner or later, we will find ourselves flat on our back. Unfortunately for some of us, we don't find rest. Rest finds us. Pneumonia becomes our Sabbath. A heart attack becomes our Sabbath. A divorce becomes our Sabbath. I want to encourage you as your pastor today and just say be proactive and recognize you're not Superman, you're not Wonder Woman. You need rest. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell your neighbor you need some rest. Come on, hit your other neighbor and say it looks like you could use a day. Come on, they're looking real rough today. It's looking like you could use a day. Hebrews 4 and 11 says, let us therefore make every effort to enter this rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Make every effort 
to enter into this rest. This fast-paced, exhausted life is not God's will. Moms, you need a break. Let me take it a step further. Dads, give the moms a break. Give them a break. Every once in a while, dads, we need to look over at the wife and say, hey, honey, today's your day. Shop till you drop. I got the kids. Come on, somebody, help me out. Uh, You go eat, have some ice cream, get you a tan, whatever you need to do. Just go and have a day, right? Do whatever it is you need to do. And dads, you need a break as well. I know you're working the job and you come home and you got the honey do list and you got to get kids to this game or that practice and all that stuff. But every once in a while, you need to say, I'll see y'all. You need to hit the river, the lake, the golf course. Come on, somebody. You need to hit something. I determined last year I played golf three times. And I haven't played this year, but you know what? I guarantee I beat three times this year. I've determined in this series I'm going to find some time to hit the golf course because we have to do life not only working hard. All those things are awesome. But if you don't stop every once in a while long enough to smell the roses, you're going to die early. Y'all look real happy about this. I know what some of you are thinking, like, that sounds wonderful, Pastor, but have you seen my work schedule? Have you seen what I got to do with the kids in the evenings and what my weekends look like and, and all that? And I serve on the drink. How am I supposed to ever have, have a Sabbath? I'm so glad you asked because I got answers for you. Number one, first thing you got to do is you have to set aside a day. You have to set it aside. A day. Once a week. I mean, who knew once a week that you could have a day? Some of you are like, well, I don't know if my spouse is going to like that. Well, God's, you know, God said this, all right? Come on, use the God card. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) Honey, God told me to rest. I'll get to it next week. You have to set aside a day. And our mindset usually is rest and recovery. That's what we're thinking. I need to rest and I need to recover. We think that rest is for when I'm broken down and I can't go any longer. But God looks at it totally off. It's not about rest and recovery and when you're broken down, you take a day. God wants you to rest regularly so that you don't become broken down. So that you don't get exhausted. This was put in place so that you don't wear out. And it's going to be difficult for you to take a day to say, you know what? I'm not working today. I'm not answering emails today. I'm not taking phone calls today. I'm sorry, but you have to talk to somebody else. It will be hard. It will, it will take commitment. It will take planning. And it will also take faith because when your day that you have set aside comes, you know what's going to happen? Work's going to call. The to-do list is not done. And so-and-so needs to see so-and-so. And you're going to have to buy faith, take the day anyway. I got two people went, yep. (laughs) We're not good at this. We're great at saying yes, but how many know sometimes we need to say no. Some of y'all need to learn that. Like, no, I'm I'm good. Today's my day. I'm going to get my relax on. Some of y'all looking at me like deer in the headlight today. Pick a day by faith, and for many of you, because of your work schedule, Sunday makes, makes sense for a lot of you. 
because you're connecting with God. And Sabbath is not just about stopping work. It's about also connecting with God. But what you need to know, it's not Sabbath hour. It's Sabbath day. Like, this is not your Sabbath. Like, you got to rest the rest of the day, right? It's not just, I'm going to rest for an hour or two. No, it's a 24 hour block of time. And you, you, you got to take it by faith. You got to be bold about it. You got to be intentional. You got to plan. Secondly, you got to rest your body. Sabbath is derived from the Hebrew word that means to stop or to cease that we embrace our limits and recognize that we're not Superman, Wonder Woman. We're not that, that we need a rest Sabbath is a weekly reminder. I want you to get this. It's a weekly reminder that God keeps the planets in orbit without your assistance. Wow. Turns out he didn't need your help. So you can take a day. You're important. You're just not that important, church. I'm not being mean. But the world is not going to fall apart if you take a day. And if, and, and if what you do, like if you take a day, if it all falls apart, then you didn't have a good thing anyway. We're going to preach y'all right into rest. That's what we're going to do. Overworking impacts our brain. It's been proven that when we are addicted to work and deadlines and to-do lists and I got to get this done and that done that it releases certain chemicals into our body and over time if you never stop and rest our body becomes addicted to those chemicals and have you ever been like on vacation or you had a day off and you were sitting there nervous because you didn't know what to do what am I supposed to do I'm telling you I'm gonna give you a prescription take a nap bless God that's what you do take a nap like if you're that fidgety and you're so used to working, then learn to take a nap. Come on, get you some ice cream and take a nap. Number three, replenish your soul. And this may be the most important thing. Set aside a day, rest your body, and then replenish your soul. Once we stop, we need to, we need to understand God wants to replenish our soul. And, and many of us, when we get exhausted, our soul, mind, will, and emotions becomes toxic. We allow a bunch of garbage in that shouldn't be there, all because exhaustion. How many of you don't make good decisions when you're exhausted? You make sinful decisions when you're exhausted. We, we talked about that last week. So how, how do I replenish my soul? I'm going to give you a few steps to do that, not on your screen, but this is how you replenish your soul. Number one, be quiet. And I'm not being mean. I'm just saying we have a tendency to think rest is more noise. I'm going to watch movies, I'm going to do Facebook, I'm going to do A, B, and C, but when you're in, what you have to understand, when you are physically tired, your body's tired, you need sleep, all right? That's what you need. When your emotions, and some of you, physically, you're not tired, you're emotionally exhausted, you're emotionally spent, and when your emotions are, are exhausted, the remedy is silence, all right? It's not a Netflix binge. We may have to stay here about eight weeks. <laughs> so you got to be quiet. Secondly, find enjoyment. Proverbs chapter 17, 22, a cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. 
62% of Americans self-diagnose themselves as being burned out, dried up. In other words, they don't have enough laughter in their life. They don't have enough enjoyment in their life. You need to find something you enjoy and do more of it. Man, who knew at church you would get encouraged by your pastor to enjoy your life? That you only get to live it once. So if it's hiking that you enjoy, hike some more. If it's golfing you enjoy, golf some more. If it's going fishing, I, I see golfers like, yo, yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, if it's fishing and go for whatever it is, but you have to find some enjoyment. Life is not meant to be stressful all the days of your life. You have to figure out what you enjoy, what you relax, and then on your day, see Sabbath is not just about, oh, I'm gonna connect to God. It, it involves involves praying and reading your Bible, but here's, I'm going to encourage somebody today. Get up, read your Bible, spend some time with God, and then go to the river, go to the lake, go hiking, go golfing. Ladies, go ahead and shop till you drop, all right? It's easier to get forgiveness than it is permission, so take your day. Come on, somebody. Take your day and go do something that you enjoy, all right? The third thing, the third thing in replenishing your soul is that you have to connect with people. And some of y'all are like, no, that's why I'm exhausted. <laughs> You're connecting to the wrong folk, all right? Listen, listen, on a serious note, every person has people in your life that takes from you, and, and you have people in your life that give to you. On your Sabbath, you need to block the calls of all the takers all the parasites, nope, not today. Get around some people that add value to you. Get, get around some people that encourage you. Connect with people, all right? Number four, last point, refocus your spirit. Refocus your spirit. This is what makes the Sabbath day holy because we're connecting with God on this day that we are ceasing from work. Some of us are exhausted because we never cease, we never stop. We never stop long enough to, to hear from God. And, and, and this verse spoke to me this week. Psalm chapter 4610 says, be still and know that I'm God. And I, I thought about that, that, that if I can't be still, I can't know God. And some of us, our life is in so many different directions. We haven't been still long enough for God to speak. We haven't been still long enough to know God. Sometimes, and I don't want you to think I'm, you know, preaching heresy. Sometimes it's not prayer that, that restores your relationship with God. It's not a sermon that does it. Sometimes what restores your relationship with God is being quiet, being still, and knowing that he's God. Because in the stillness, his voice can be heard. See, our lives are not only busy, but they're so busy we can't hear. So busy we can't we can't discern God's plan and God's will for our life. As the worship team comes back, let me ask you, what if the reason you cannot hear God is because you are neglecting rest? What if that's the reason you can't hear God is because you are neglecting rest? Some of you are here and you're like, I just don't know what direction to go right now. I don't know where God's taking me. I don't know which way to turn. Maybe it's because you're too busy to hear. You've not taken enough time to hear God's voice. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful 
that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. A couple things stick out. First is the promise. The promise is there's rest available. Hit your neighbor and say, there's a rest available. And I just sense, I sense God here because some of you, you, you haven't said it out loud. You haven't really confessed it. But truth is, you're, you're extremely exhausted. Some of you, it's, it's physical. You, got, you just need that nap I was talking about. You're like, yeah, I need about a seven-day nap, right? Some of you, it's emotional. So much emotional baggage attached to your life that you're exhausted. And God wants you to know the promise is there's still a rest. But what he went on to say here is that the rest was for those who obeyed. Listen, you can leave this sermon and say, Pastor was kind of off today. He didn't really say anything good today. Told us to take a nap. And you can leave here and go about and keep working like you work, going at the pace you've been going, and be physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, and not even be able to hear from God. And it's a real simple solution that God gave us in creation and modeled it for us that he worked six days and he rested a day. The Sabbath was created for man, right? That's what Jesus said. And so we need to obey this. We need to take some steps. And, and what you'll find out when you decide that you're going to live like this and you're going to get the rest that you need, you'll find out that it takes work to enter into the rest. Okay, it almost doesn't make sense. But in other words, you're going to have to plan. You're going to have to be intentional. And by faith, you're going to have to say, no, today is my day. All right, it doesn't mean that we don't connect with God all week long. We connect with God all week long. But you still need to set aside a day to replenish your soul, right? To find rest for your body, to allow God to speak into your life. If, if God has instructed us to rest, what do you think the enemy's job description is? One of the prophets prophesied and said that Satan would, in the last days, you know what it says? That he would wear out the saints that the saints would become exhausted. Satan's trick is to bring you out of rest. Why? Because rest, in rest, rest is the place of breakthrough. Some of us, we've been praying for breakthrough, but you, you, you couldn't handle a breakthrough because you're too exhausted to receive it, too exhausted to recognize it. God, God's land of breakthroughs, that's Old Testament talk. Like the land of promises, the land of breakthroughs. In the New Testament, it's not the land of breakthrough and the land of, of promises. In the New Testament, it's the place of rest where faith operates. If you want to see some miracles in your life, get in the place of rest, the finished work of Jesus. He's already accomplished everything that I need. Every stripe that was laid on his back, that was for my healing. Everything that he suffered was for my wholeness. And one day, each week, I'm going to stop long enough to recognize the generosity of our Father. See, it's, it's, it's not a place of breakthrough. It's not a land of promises. 
It's a place of rest because if you can enter into the rest, miracles will come, healing will come, your marriage will get better because true faith operates from a place of rest, not a place of exhaustion. Would you stand to your feet today? Come on, let's stand to your feet. Can you give God a hand for his word today? Amen. As we were preaching the word, two people have already given their life to Christ. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So I want to ask you, would you bow your heads for just a moment? I went too long. I know I did, but the parking team's going to be mad. But can you bow your heads, close your eyes for just a minute? If you're in this place, I'm not going to prolong this, but if you're here and you say, Pastor, I need forgiveness. I need grace. I need Jesus to save me today. If you're under the sound of my voice and that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, I need Jesus today. Thank you for this hand up here. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. I need Jesus. I need his grace. I want to invite him into my heart, into my life. Anyone else? If you're watching online, there's a button that you can click there. Anyone else before we pray? Bethesda, we're going to pray right now for the three people. Come on, let's lift our voice to, voices together. Everybody say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for sending your son to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Thank you so much for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate those three individuals today. Amazing. We're going to do one more worship song before you go home. Prayer team, staff, please come forward. If you need prayer for anything today, please don't hesitate during this last song to come and receive prayer. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.